Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday, the 10th of January. Today, I'm joined by Mariana Sampson, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hey there, Mariana. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm great. How about you? Yeah, good. All good. Um, So, what story uh, are you going to bring to us today, then? So, today, I'm bringing to the table a very interesting story about um, Little and how it had its busiest day yet during the festive season, and it was in the Daily Telegraph today. Mm -hmm. And so, what the story is and what basically happened is that on the 25th of December, there was, or uh, during December and until the 25th, there was mm-hmm. a 24.5% increase in um, in people that shopped in Little compared to the year before. So, mm-hmm. and it was also found that an additional 1.3 million customers went to a Little near them in the week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, there's a couple reasons why this is really interesting, although um, just the statistics themselves are very high, mm-hmm. but just comparatively, um, it just seems like Little and Aldi are continuing to grow um, in market share mm-hmm. and they're ultimately reaching the big four. So for those that don't know, uh, supermarkets, although I would like to say that this isn't very much the case in other countries, like for example, in Greece, supermarkets aren't as big as they are in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. But so the big four are Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda and Morrison's. And so what seems to be happening is that Aldi and Lidl, which are the cheaper options uh, compared to, let's say, Tesco or Sainsbury's, are basically catching up. And so we see that as Lidl was basically the winner of this Christmas, it, it raises a couple questions like, why are people, you know, going for the cheaper option instead of the more expensive option? Mm-hmm. But and and most importantly, why did the campaigns for from the big four not really work this year? So, for example, you had Sainsbury's advertise that you can, you know, shop for I think it was four people and you ha- can have your whole Christmas dinner for, let's say, 38 pounds and your whole basket would be 38 pounds. Mm-hmm. And Tesco had something similar. And so did as though with their price lock and the returns. But. Why did that not work? Why did people still choose to go to Lidl or Aldi? And I think it just, it, it, I'm not sure if this was just during the festive season. I actually think that this is a trend that we're, we're seeing more often that Lidl and Aldi are catching up, even though a lot of people don't seem to be taking them as seriously as the big four. I was going to say, actually, on that front, yeah. um, that I, I actually wonder whether Tesco and Sainsbury's inadvertently advertised um aldi and lidl because yeah. they were sort of going well we're going to price match with aldi mm. and you're thinking well if you keep hearing that enough yeah. you think well hold on a minute well why why don't i just go to aldi then? Aldi, yeah you know because you're like if you're thinking well if you are trying to get your prices as low as they are at, yeah. at aldi and lidl then that implies that they are everything they sell there is cheap. Therefore, mm-hmm. if I want to, um, uh, if I want to uh, save money, that's where I go. And, yeah. Yeah. 
but sorry, I'll just, yeah, thought I'd yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think 100%. And I think that people sometimes, I mean, I'm not sure if this is a misconception or not, but people think that, you know, when you have lower prices, that compromises quality. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this, if people seem to be overlooking that or if people are realizing that actually it's pretty much the same thing wherever you go. Either you mm. think that the quality is okay or you think, well, even if the quality is a little bit less than what I'm used to, I need mm. to save money. And so mm. a really interesting statistic is that um, in talking about Aldi, you can get your, so there was um they calculated that a sample basket of 48 everyday items cost 31 pounds less in Aldi than it did in Waitrose. So mm. I mean, I'll talk about Waitrose in a bit, but it just, it, it doesn't really make sense. Why would someone go, go to, let's say Waitrose or something more expensive and spend that much more money on their groceries when they can go to Aldi or Little and get them for less. And I think, what's important to talk about here is who that someone is. Are we talking about, you know, your standard British person, maybe not living in London, who maybe, you know, you, you just started your family, you're, you know, as we saw in today's Watson's Daily, your mortgage is getting ex ex extremely more expensive. Mm. So you're trying to cut wherever you can. So, you mm. know, you have to, you ha there's things you, you can't compromise the money you spend on. So, for example, you have to get nappies for your, for your newborn, right? Mm that you can't not get. So instead of going and getting them, for example, at Tesco for 10 pounds, you will get you you will get them from Aldi for six mm -hmm. and you will save because most people won't go to four different supermarkets for their for their mm -hmm. shop. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that is kind of what's happening. And you can compare that to the other co customer, which can be, for example, an international student in um, London that has a weight rose near them and they don't mind spending a bit more on groceries or for example they might have you know Amazon Prime and they mm. just shop for Morrison's and get it for the same for the same day delivery maybe with a discount so mm. you know looking at that we then have um, another story from the Daily Telegraph which kind of blends in together nicely which is of uh, that middle class favorite weight rose risks irrelevance so what seems to be happening is that people are not going to are not really going to wait rose anymore because um yeah it's just seeming a lot more vulnerable to customer defection so what what is happening is that as the cost of living is getting more and more expensive again people are not choosing to go to wait rose but here's what's interesting wait rose let's say we can put waitrose and mns in the same category of a bit, um, a bit bougier uh, supermarkets. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're not in the big four there, but people still go to them, you know, to get maybe better quality things. Mm. So, and they are more expensive. But why is MS not doing as bad as Weight Rose? Why was the article not that MS is risking irrelevance? And I think mm. because MS has pretty much everything MS brand. So, yeah get um, a carton of alternative milk so oat milk or whatever you like for 180 and you know you that that would be mns brand when you can for you can get the same let's say in alpro so in asda for 180 but asda brand alternative milk is only one pound mm. so why are people still not you know forfeiting their mns shop but they are forfeiting their waitrose shop and i think that just goes to show that waitrose needs to keep up like MS has, they've brought in their clothing brands, they've brought in like the Percy the Pig, they've made it huge. 
And so I think that MS has done a really good job in staying relevant, you know, in their target audience. And that's very respectable. But Waitrose hasn't done the same. And I think it's time that they step up. And I wonder how they will do that. And I would like to end, end this part of the podcast by asking a question. What does everyone think on co-op? Where does co-op stand in this? Yeah, because the prices seem to be the same as MS and Waitrose. But why does no one ever talk about co-op? I think that's really interesting because they don't really do, they do a couple of their own brand things, mm. but they mostly sell other brands. So where do people stand on co-op? I'm really interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- personally, I mean, there's a co-op, da- co-op down the road from here. And to be honest, the only time we ever go um, to that is if everything else is closed. Yeah. Or if, if either that or... Um, if we can't get something, you know, like it will be like, uh, you know, if we can't, we need, say, an ingredient for something and we mm. think, well, just, you know, and it's too much hassle to go somewhere else is to go there. Because actually, some of them can have weirdly broad um, a product range for such a small place. And you, there's a chance, there is always a chance. It's, it's, I think it's, it's the co-op gamble. Right, is yeah. you think actually they probably won't, but you never know. And and I've you know I've been pleasantly surprised on a couple of occasions um, where actually they they've been quite good. I mean, I I I see co-op more as a more of a convenience store type yeah. supermarket because it's not. I don't think many people will go there thinking right. I'm going to shop for the whole week. It might be like a couple of days or tonight. Or something like you know, like on the way home from work, or, or something. Um, <clears throat> sorry, but I do think the other thing as well. I I would say sort of going back to the the you know the big four. So first of all, on the big four. So yes, traditionally Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda, Morrison's. However, um, uh, Aldi overtook Morrison's last year in terms of yeah. how you know market share and stuff and um and the other thing as well is you know obviously morrison's is now owned by private equity firm um so really the big four should either it goes book four to go to the big three or aldi needs to be in the big four um yeah. and and actually um lidl is now the sixth biggest so i do think that um i i really do think that um you know the the Aldi and Lidl doing really well. They had a bit of a blip um, because of, uh, under lockdown because they didn't have um, delivery. Basically, that's yeah. what it was. Um, but then since everyone's gone back, everything's good again. Um, uh, you know, it's good again for them. Um, I think in terms of Waitrose, though, I and and why is it not doing as well as as you know? Why is it not bouncing back like M and S is? Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I only, I only sort of thought of this when I was talking to you earlier. You, you, you inspire me. You inspire me, right? So I just, I was thinking, you know, when you go to, um, I, 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 you know, I went to Waitrose the other day. Now, I don't normally go to Waitrose. I used to go all the time, but I don't go so much now. And I think when you go to Waitrose, you're thinking, this is just like any other supermarket, mm. but people look more affluent, I would say. Yeah. That's the main difference because you because you can get the same stuff every you know like if you're looking for olive oil or something like you know you're going to see your Filippo Berrio or something like that in you know a bottle of that 
is going to be in MS, uh, sorry, in, in Waitrose, and it's going to be in Sainsbury's. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, but, um, and so my argument is it's not different enough. Whereas MS, generally speaking, I would say more, M- you will see more MSs that have food, <coughs> sorry, and non food in the same place. <coughs> so you've got a, a broader, you know, you've got more reasons to go in there in the first place. Yeah. And then secondly, like you say, it's M- a lot of the stuff is M&S branded. You know, it's M&S pasta, M&S this, M&S that. So you know you're in an M&S. You can't be anywhere other than at yeah. an M&S. You know, it's not like, you, you know, you've been sort of planted in one place. You could be anywhere. So, I mean, I think that... Um, you know, there was a lot of um, stuff that went on last year with regard to John Lewis, Waitrose, um, mm. etc. And I really feel that Waitrose, they, um, they've they not concentrated enough on the core business of Waitrose. There's not, there's, it's just not different enough. All people, I, I suspect that people look at Waitrose and they'll think, A, probably more expensive than everywhere else. Yeah. B, maybe the quality is better and that's only maybe you know yeah so um so i think that that's the that is what that is what john lewis and waitrose and you know uh dame sharon white needs to concentrate on you know they talked about things like changing the business maybe having some john lewis you know like a john lewis corner in a in a you know in waitrose and stuff which which i think is not a good idea for either of them really particularly um and then um and then them talking about becoming landlords um you know buying up property and you're like i'm like thinking well just you know that's all lovely but that's all at the edge this is all the fringes of the business what they need to do is to actually get the core business right which is you know i mean waitrose and and john lewis i mean john lewis has its own problems because obviously that's in the department store space which is kind of going out you know that is i think that is becoming irrelevant um and then you've got you know waitrose with the food which they've to me they've not really done anything with particularly so yeah but i mean i suppose the conclusion of all of this is really that um uh lidl and aldi will continue to do um will continue to do very well um morrison's god knows because that you know the the private equity firm bought them and they're sell they're going to be selling off all properties and stuff yeah. so they're going to have a tricky time and then you're left with waitrose thinking what you know they need to do something otherwise they just really are going to go down a slippery slope and then finally is co-op <laughs> where do they stand That's in all question this question mark yeah <laughs> i think so, it's yeah. a mystery to everyone where co-op stands in all of this but yeah, yeah yeah so there you go um right so anyway so i'll talk um you know i i I was i thought i'd introduce my um subject today which is um to do with commercial property and before everyone starts oh god no and they switch this off please 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 stay with us um it's a um so um last year we heard that goldman sachs uh in particular they made a big song and dance about saying that um they think that commercial property values are going to fall by up to 20% by the end of 2024. Um, now, that seems to be um, actually coming true because commercial um, property values, um, according, I think it was um, CBRE's monthly index, um, they said that um, uh, uh, the commercial property values 
fell by 13.3% over the course of last year. Um, and that contrasts with the previous year, which um, saw a 13.8% rise. But that, I think, the 13.8% rise is an anomaly because obviously it was bouncing back from 2020, um, you know, and <laughs> that was bound to happen. Um, so, so anyway, so anyway, the main, the main, the main thing is is that commercial property prices um, have been weakening, um, and in particular, uh, you, you know, we we have seen industrial units have done badly and warehousing. Now, I have been, um, you know, in the past and and continue to be. Um, positive about where uh, about warehousing and you know if there's the question of uh, will warehouses recover um i i think they will um and the reason why i think that is because um long term um you know i think online shopping is going to continue to grow um not as much perhaps as uh, well uh, as 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 it did under lockdown because obviously under lockdown that's all you could do um and um and i thought it was particularly interesting i mean i know this is we're breaking all these taboos in this in this podcast because you mentioned two stories i'm going to mention two stories in this as well but is is to say that um uh is to say that uh, there was another story in today's um, watson's daily that talks about um retailers uh, sorry online retailers having their worst uh year since yeah. records began in 20 at the beginning of the 2000 you know 2000 2002 so um i think that that you know those two things coincide i mean if you've got online retailers not doing very well then that would that would hit potentially hit demand um and then you know the number of of uh, companies looking for warehousing space decreases therefore you know the property price property values and stuff start to go down so i think you know, they, 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 it has been bad, um, but ultimately, I think the long-term drivers are still going to be there. We're still going to be buying more online. Plus, um, there's going to be more we, um, more companies from more industries are going to want to um, ensure that they have some kind of inventory capacity because over the last uh, over well certainly from um when we voted for brexit uh well sorry what when sorry when the country voted for brexit um and when uh when then everyone was panicking about inventory um and then we had covid and then and now we've got the well, last year it was all about the supply chain problems and, and things like that which highlighted the fact that you do need to keep stuff in an inventory just in case things kick off um that you that you don't foresee so all of those kind of things i still think that they are going to be there and i still think um that uh, you know it is it is a good place um to look at whereas maybe in offices and say um, retail properties i think that ultimately you know they're, they're still going to be there but i think there's going to be a bit of a transition in terms of how they're used and what the demand's going to be like um, yeah. But what do you think? Um, I think that warehouses over other types of commercial properties is definitely a safer bet because even though online retailers haven't been doing as well, um, I don't think there's ever going to be a chance where people aren't buying online at all. Mm. And I think um, a key, the key to running an, a good like online uh, 
you know, business is and selling things online is having good accessibility to warehouses because I was reading on Twitter a couple of days ago that people are complaining about how long it's taking to process orders from certain companies. And mm. apparently the companies came out and said that, listen, guys, this isn't really our issue. We're, we're trying to get them to you, but we're having issues in the warehouses. Mm. So I do think that warehouses are long term safer bet, whereas offices, we've seen them, you know, go up and down. You know, there's companies that are get, are getting their um, employees back into the offices. But I think that, you know, they're going back into the office and there's not this great demand for more offices Mm. i do think that warehouses is definitely a safe bet especially as people are still you know buying more and more and i think another i was just thinking about this now another interesting commercial uh real estate sector could be medical centers because you know you've seen covid come up again now and you know there's always a need for medical centers as well. So I was just thinking, what about warehouses versus medical centers? Which one would be a safer bet? Mm, don't know about that one. Because I think the thing with medical centers, they're, they're a bit, I would say they're more complicated because you yeah. need them staffed by um, people professional. with professional training and things. And I think yeah. my, certainly from my perception around here, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I live in Guildford. It's a suburb of London. It's re- relatively, you know, kind of um, affluent place. But yeah. even here, you know, over like the local surgery that I have been with since we've been here for, ye- you know, for years, um, you know, that closed down about three years ago and it's all been consolidated and all this kind of thing. So actually there are fewer places because um, they, you know, it's very hard to make money for right. each practice. So um, I don't know. I don't know whether they're going to be more of them. Um, I, I would still stay with um, the, the the warehousing per- personally, but um, but and by the way, again, I have to say this: this is not investment advice. This is yes. all this is all opinion, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's just conversation. But um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I there is uh, you know, there's a need for that kind of thing, and um, but you know, it, I think it needs to make it has to more now these days more than any other. Uh, time i think these things have to be shown to make money because otherwise there will be no investments uh, right. and that sounds it sounds wrong to make money from health care you know that kind of health care but yeah. um unfortunately i think that's that's you know unless you're in the nhs that's mm-hmm. basically what you have to look at because it, from what i saw i mean i remember talking to the doctor like you know when when they they were shutting down um was saying that you know it's so difficult you know, there's so much money. There's so much, so many people, um, and and you know, they only they can only make so much money, and then they have to pay everyone's pay. So it's, it's very, I don't know, very difficult. So, yeah. like I said, I think warehousing potentially, depending on what warehousing you're doing, but you know, um, I, I guess it's generally um, simpler. Um, I would have thought overhead costs. You know, you're not going to have to pay your staff ridiculous amounts of money, um, and hopefully you know things should be fairly robust in in, in their bed so but anyway um we better better end there um so uh yes thank you very much indeed um for your thoughts today thank you for having me no no problem and uh, you know some very interesting uh very interesting topics there i think um but anyway uh we'll be back again um for more tomorrow uh, so thank you very much indeed for uh, staying with us and uh yeah we'll um speak speak again many thanks bye thank you bye-bye